this is an IMA podcast. The Institute of Modern Art is a contemporary art space in Brisbane, Australia. Since 1975, we have been presenting cutting-edge visual arts through our annual program of exhibitions, public programs, publications, and off-site initiatives by local, national, and international artists. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where the IMA now stands, the land of the Yuggera and Turrbal people. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone. Can you all hear me okay? Cool. Um, welcome to Poetic Intentions. Um, my name is Ellen Van Nieuwen and I'm Malanjali. And I want to pay my deepest respects to the Yagara and Turrbal peoples of whose lands we are gathered on tonight. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. It's been really warm in Brizzy the last few weeks. Um, and we are going to turn the heat up tonight with five amazing poets slash spoken word artists performing new work inspired by this exhibition, Daniel Boyd's Rainbow Serpent version. And Daniel himself, he has an appreciation for poetry and he also writes poems himself. And his, his work means a lot to me personally. It makes us think about so much about history, about place, about family, and about identity. And I met him early this year in January and was really pleased to be asked to be part of this program and to curate this evening for you. So we went to this mob all deadly First Nations writers, and we creatively challenged them to respond to this exhibition and the themes and create something from the heart. Mm. We're so excited to hear what you've come up with. Um, and this type of gathering itself feels special to be in this space, to be amongst you mob um, and to listen to black poetry. And each poet has a uniqueness about them, a unique way of looking at the world. And we have the privilege of being part of that tonight. And you as the audience, you're part of it too. It'll be lovely if we can show support for our deadly poets when they walk on and off stage by making some noise and giving them some love and during the reading if there's a line that particularly resonates with us you're like yeah that's fire I love that um, I really felt that we can click our fingers um, does everyone want to give that a go yes and we can reverberate across this room so we're going to start off with the first poet. Um, I'm going to read everyone's bios as they, as they come on stage. So to kick things off, we have the amazing Aurora. 
Aurora Little Christie is an Aranda and Jamaican multidisciplinary artist. Her practice draws on the experiences of people of colour and First Nations people, intersecting themes of decolonisation, walking between worlds, healing and reconnection to country. Please make Aurora feel very welcome. Hello everyone. My name is Aurora Little Christie. I'm a Aranda and Jamaican woman. My people come from Mbantua, Alice Springs. I also have connections to Alyota people, which is the tribe north of Alice Springs. And I am very grateful to be here. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and pay my respects to the elders past and present to the people that have cultivated this land, held ceremony on this land, and continue to work and hold space for us to learn. I'm here with Nazia. He's four months old, and he's very hungry right now. <laughs> um, lately, I've been thinking about, a lot about, where I come from. I've been thinking about the resistance, the resilience, the custodianship, and the reverence of my elders. My family has worked and um, been custodians of Mbantua for many generations. They continue to They continue to work to preserve culture, to care for our people and for our country. Yes, somebody's teething. Um, I also come from, have a Irish and Scottish Gaelic ancestry. My great grandfather was in the IRA and IRA, IRA and worked to. Um, protect Ireland from British occupation. My grandfather was a bishop, and my grandfather before that was a bishop. And so that reverence for creation has also been passed down through our family. So I speak from that place. And to be honest, I didn't realize that we had to write in response to this work, per se. So I chose to some works that relate. And that being because my head is in this person right now. <laughs> so this poem is called Tread Lightly, and it reminds me to connect to that way of being that acknowledges legacy, that acknowledges impact, that is mindful of how I move through space. Yo. Can you do this one for me? Okay. Tread lightly, holding compassion in your heart like it was the last child born to this earth. She feels you as we move through her here, where it all begins. 
unfurling, expanding, being in this everlasting moment of now, germinating in this ecosystem of self in this sacred space, tread lightly as we honor, acknowledge, and learn from these roots, these trees, this canopy of dreams interconnecting like river systems, like veins, like neural pathways. We are reflections of our mother, for she is us and we are her. We are reflections of our ancestors. Their stories will be heard. Their stories will be heard, heard in the whispers on the wind guiding my journey, lighting my skies, fueling the flame, keeping me sane in a world that is so deranged, detached, decaying in cavities of greed, pound, possession, how sweet they seem when you're blind to the consequences, but open hands save me from the edge and crystallize in my mind the strength of black skin, the antiquity of lineage, the knowledge of our elders passed down through generations, these lies they cannot tell us, so inside I seek refuge and realize the fight's worth it, and I climb like vines on trunks with roots of titanium and reach for sunlight that elevates my vibrations. The journey has just begun. They say in the beginning it was one, so as one we move forward, tread lightly. This next one is, don't think it has a name actually, but I think trauma and suffering has been passed down, but so has healing, the wisdom of healing, not only in our lineage, but in the land, in our families, joy, is our inheritance as well. And the, the choice to heal while still being, living in the colony, while still experiencing injustice, whilst also having no choice but to engage in this world is a... It's a massive feat, and I think the power of black people and all oppressed people choosing healing is incredibly strong, and it allows the next generation to carry on that work that was, began long before us. So I speak to that. <clears throat> How eager we carve thrones of our own suffering and crown our most tormented thoughts, then in the lightness of our joy anticipate its season's end. I've gifted enemies with hate, drunk from wells, poisoned with ill intentions, and cried as my body purged its toxins. I've stood atop mountains of my own grief. Looked up to see they go on forever, only to realize that peace comes with the acceptance of the present. These are lessons learned traversing rugged roads, struggle, an heirloom of our lineage, perspective, the offspring of time, transformation, an offer that is always on the table. This is our gospel, our reverence in remembrance, baptized in rivers of ancestral wisdom while country burns around us. There is no light without darkness and no dark without light. So I say with a peace sign and a middle finger, this is what it means to be brown and liberated. I am grounded on stolen land. I'm hopeful despite the injustice. I'm a warrior because of those that fought before me and I'm a warrior because the fight never stopped. 
the duality and hypocrisy of freedom in the colony, we are scarred and sacred, leading a revolution. Our love and understanding greater than their karma. Only gods could be so merciful. Only gods could be so merciful. Only gods could be so merciful. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, IMA. Appreciate it. Thank you for reminding us to tread lightly. Thank you for reminding us to choose healing. Darby Jones is a Camilleroy writer and editor whose work has been featured in the Jacaranda Journal, Beyond Queer Words, and Lemonade Letters to Art. Darby studies writing at the University of Queensland. Well, I just, I hear that you've just graduated, Darby. <laughs> just about to graduate. Let's see. Say it. Oh my gosh, valedictorian, congratulations. And you also won the King's Hot Cassidy Poetry Prize in 2022. He received the Varuna First Nations Fellowship for 2024. Please give it up for Darby. waiting to be told, waiting to be freed. Can you see it on my face? I am the product of a history erased, a hidden history waiting to be freed. Can you bear it? The weight of this colony whose bodies of knowledge constructed me imperfectly. Can you hear it? The sound of silence. I am here to break the silence. I am here to speak even though this nation stole a voice away from me, I've come here tonight to speak my truth. I want to acknowledge the Yagara and Turbal people who always were and always will be the traditional custodians of this stolen land. I pay my respects to the elders, always and forever. Thank you to Daniel, 
Ellen, Mysteria, and the IMA for having me. What I find most intriguing about Daniel's work is that there's only ever so much of the story we're privy to, only so much we can know. This idea, and one work in particular, it's in the room behind me, is what inspired my next poem. This is The Table. When I am on country, when I am home, I search for myself in the gaps and the ghosts. I get lost in the holes in my mother's kitchen table. People I will never meet set fire to the documents connecting them to me. My history, my identity up in flames. My mother's kitchen table is all that remains. I scour the archive, sepia-toned detritus from the lives that led to mine. I stare into the faces inside faded photographs. Imagine all the reasons why my old ones tried to hide. I extend a hand. I become a bridge between what was, what is, what may come to be. Reaching backwards, moving forwards, the past lives on in me. I invoke my old ones to mend my mother's table. I reach out to them and through them, I rewrite our history. I spend a lot of time poring over the past, but lately I have found a reason to stay in the present and look towards the future. I wrote this final poem for my nephew, my sister's son. This is George. Born from country, the colour of ochre, the blood of elders buzzing in your veins. I cradle your soft skull, your future, present, past in the palm of my calloused hand. An ember in the dark, your little life unfolding, unfurling like foliage on an ancient iron bark. Fresh water boy, fated to follow ancestors' footsteps left when the old were young. Thank you. Thank you, Davi. I really appreciate what you shared with us um, and what a beautiful tribute to your nephew. Um, I'm learning that it's most important to be warm and devoted in the times when the world wants us to be hollowed by hopelessness. 
and your poem is exactly that. Um, next we have the wonderful Yasmin. Um, Yasmin Smith is an editor, writer, and poet of South Sea Islander, Cubby Cubby, Northern Cheyenne, and English heritage. She works in fiction, non-fiction, children's books and poetry, and focuses on supporting First Nations creatives. She is an editor at the University of Queensland Press, where she oversees their groundbreaking series, First Nations Classics. She was shortlisted for the Judith Wright Poetry Prize in 2020, and her poetry was published in Australian Poetry Journal's Best of Australian Poems 2022. Please give it up for Yasmin. Hi, everyone. I just have uh, one short, quiet poem to share um, in response to this beautiful space that we gather on today. It's called The Remains. At the age of starlight, a pond ringed around and evening sat beyond the last notes of colour. The celestial lanterns beat, unearthly they map. They snag in soft-bodied nets, in saltwater clusters of time, of turning, of truth. They entwine too close. They spindle, they seep into a careless defeat, a nighttime of rummage, of black card magic, of country captured inside a beetle black stone. A salt tide tingles beneath these lazy swells of the longest beat, the firelight we will keep. Like weeping eyes and leaking hearts, our silhouettes blink out in slumber. And here, all of our wasted light makes the night sky heavier each year. Their artificial candlelight threatens our dreaming. A series of separations of wings disappeared, eternities from here fleeing as etiquette sits in the mouth. Our ancestors weave slow galaxies of story, slow down, they say, and stop being scared of the dark. At the edge of the world, swim in sweet shadows, pillage the pale bursts of quiet light that escape in rivers of stargaze. It's too hard to fall asleep, even as the lights are going out. Thank you. Thank you, Yaz. Um, your poetry always leaves me with goosebumps. Um, and I just I appreciate you responding to, to the work so thoughtfully. Um, the line, our ancestors weave galaxies of stories. Um, it's just gorgeous. Um, so thank you so much. 
Um, next we have Cheryl Levy. Cheryl Levy is from the Kuma and Nuri nations in Western and Central Queensland. An emerging poet, she was the 2022 winner of the Ujuru Nunaku Prize for Indigenous Poetry. Her work has been published in Cordite and she's currently working on a children's book based on her poetry to be published by the University of Queensland Press. Please give it up for Cheryl. I have to start um, with an acknowledgement of country, of course. The other incurable people have always called this place home. I'd also like to acknowledge all of the people in this room and all of your countries. I think in a way Daniel has represented all of us in this space that we're sitting in right now. I also have to start with a trigger warning because the piece that I'm responding to um, references in my reading of it um, a massacre that occurred north of here. That'll emerge as I continue. My reading of Stone Cold Titter is in response to the place, the piece in this gallery here featuring the Cook Monument in Cooktown. It always was and always will be Google Yimithia country. Rainbow Serpent Version is about perception, perspective and power. With his rendering of the Cook Monument, Boyd exemplifies how memorialisation is one of the parallel lines of linear white perspective, which seeks to place First Nations knowing and being at the vanishing point of national identity. The cenotaph, which is just a fancy word for a headstone at the site or at a site where a person is not even buried, is a sandstone column. It's Queensland's earliest memorial to not even a captain, James Cook. It was dedicated in 1888. Cooktown had only just been established in 1873, the year the Cooktown police magistrate and a party of 90 men massacred 150 Gugulwara people at Surprise Lagoon. An inquiry was held. It found no crime was committed. This extract from the diary of one of the participants was published in the Brisbane Telegraph in January 1874. Black surprised us at daybreak, about 150. All were armed. Got so close to camp before anyone heard them. Great consternation. Shot several. They ran into the water holes for shelter where they were shot. The party moved on towards Kennedy River. Plenty of running water all the way. Good country about Kennedy. Had another encounter with blacks. Shot a lot. I think those two extracts tell you all you need to know about that time and place in so-called Australia. The truth has been spoken. It has been published. It is known. Yet monuments like Cook's do more than commemorate people named on brass plates. They stand as a reminder of the project, the great Australian erasure and silence while shouting at us about what Australia has the will to remember. Some acknowledgements. Stone Cold Titter is for black women protest leaders like my cousin Ruby Wharton. 
who walk the front line of resistance to oppression and the particular kind of oppression that occurs at the intersection between black, being black and a woman. Thanks to artist Gordon Hookey, the term Murrayality is borrowed with permission from the survey of his work which showed first here at the IMA. Gordy is famed for his hilarious satirical critique of Australian society and politics, including police brutality. And to my great uncle, Herb Wharton, for his bush ballad influence, a kind of subvert the um, genre, including his particularly famous and celebrated work, Kings with Empty Pockets, which has the line, a Snyder poly saddle was their throne. It's the anchor of that poem and the anchor of this poem. Finally, many of you will be familiar with the protest cry, all cops are bastards, which originated at workers' strikes in the UK and begins with the line, I'll sing you a song that's not very long. It's often shortened to an acronym, ACAB, and represented by the number of each letter in the alphabet, 1312. Stone Cold Titter, based on true events. They built womanhood, chiselled her in sandstone, ground down black anger, distilled it in gin, bottlefuls of tears. They crowd the crossroad, the intersection, a roundabout. It circles that sandstone plinth. Brass plated, it reads, here lies the angry black woman. They wish. They sit drinking their homebrew supremacy from brown paper bags. They don't come once a year. They don't lay reeds. They sit all day, every day, mainlining their homebrew. That trope is addictive. It's destroying their people. They drink to her death till dark. When they turn on the gas lights, the heckling begins. Auntie watches from the long grass on the edge of the darkness, scrapping around like wild boars, their hackles catch the light. They heckle, hackle, heckle, hackle. But nah, Annie won't have it. She strides right into that light, bold as the brass. Yeah, I'm angry and I'm black. Tell me what I don't know. I'm angry about my stolen land and what you've done to it. I'm angry about my missing titters. I'm angry about this pathetic trope you've set in sandstone here. Weathered, it has stood the test of their time. I'm angry about these gaslights. Auntie flicks an eye toward the paddy wagon pulling up. Go home, and when you get there, pay the rent. In strides Bullyman. Following pointed fingers, Bullyman asks no questions. I've heard it all before, he thinks lurching towards auntie. The crowd parts as quickly as their lips move a smile. Ally pops up between them, like a weasel from a music box. She'd been hiding there in auntie's coattails. Before she even opens her mouth, the pure sight of Ally triggers something in Bullyman. He wrenches auntie to her knees. A sticky ribbon of spittle stitches Ally's lips shut. Bullyman puffs, he blasters, drags Arnie to the paddy wagon. The crowd jeers as it parts and closes another time. 
Heko hako. Heko hako. A new day dawns, we wish. Blackfellas gather the intersection. The entire Chamber of Commerce membership bunkers behind their front windows, narrow faces all lined up like security bars. Diamond and her megaphone grace the edge of the plinth, circling that trope like a maypole, side by side they stand, a Murrayality matriarch and her stone titter. They say she looks angry, she looks alive to me. Bullyman's mates stand, feet hip-width apart. A leery shirt and cap screaming police negotiator approaches. Bullyman withers alongside, along for the ride. You people can't block this roadway. It's a matter of civility, common sense, the black and white letter of the law. Diamond swings her megaphone, the media pack swoon. I'll sing you a song that's not very long. The megaphone crackles. Check, check, one, three, one, two. Police negotiator wilts like a violin. Twisting Diamond's arm behind her, a repetitive strain injury. Bullymen try to bring her down, but Diamond glances off the gravel. She sits on the paddy wagon like a throne. Under their byline, they read, Bullyman is a decorated veteran of the force. The matter is being investigated by the Independent Ethical Standards Unit. Diamond will face their magistrate's court on Monday. That trope is addictive and it's destroying their people. I don't know how I know any of this. It's impossible to see in this gaslit city. At the base of Cook's Monument, water once poured forth from the mouths of sculpted animals, including a gangaru in the local language, now universally used. Tonight, just like Daniel has shown us how to do here in this room, we will bend time, we will bend space, and by the pure force of our collective will, that water will sate the thirst of those bummer who had to run from the men with guns. Truth needs poetry. Poetry needs truth. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for honouring and holding that truth. Joella Walker is a First Nations and South Sea Islander woman, descending from the Yindinji people and Pentecost and Ambrun Islands in Vanuatu. Joella has performed her poetry at the Queensland Parliament State Library of Queensland, National Young Writers Festival 2019, Commonwealth Games 2018, and Voices of Colour. Welcome, Joella.
Sorry, I'm a bit short, so just pull it down a little bit. There we go. Can it, hello, can everyone hear me? It's okay. Okay. Um, okay, I just have one piece to share tonight um, that I wrote uh, just in response to the general themes that I felt from visiting this exhibition in this space. Um, yeah. Mirrors confront us each day. They reveal our true selves in a way that is blinding. The choice to hide from the imagery we see is both deliberately and accidentally reminding us of the treacherous past and present colliding. These blurred lines come in shapes familiar to our eyes. They curve like circles. When pushed together, they create a pattern that is whole. Piece by piece, leaving the presence of our souls on the canvas, on the wall, in the shadows, or in the creases and the folds. Drenched in symbolism, naked to the white man's eye. We see beneath the fluorescent lights, deeper than the depth of a paintbrush stroke or an artist's intentions as where true innovation lies. Inner truths, inner strengths, inner wounds still yet to mend, inner fight, over impacts we still see no sight in end. Gaining movement, moving forward. There is no space to pretend that the mirrors are too clean to see the bloody effects they want to defend. What we see staring back at us is often perceived as our reality. We take in the surface of our features, disregarding the environments that have enriched our mentality. We speak on first impressions without accounting for morality. What would it look like if we seen each other further than the mirrored capacity? Could it be the portraits of our ancestors hanging in a gallery? Framed in poise, strict in pose, colorless, fearless, more powerful as time goes. Reinventing our futures one space at a time, taking it up taking it over, taking it back, rhyme by rhyme. Leaving the reflections to manifest of themselves, trusting the process of healing in all realms, especially when it begins to overwhelm the parts we are not ready to let go of shows and tells us that we are. Whether ready or not, here comes the start of a new time against an old fight, countrymen near, countrymen far, here comes the flesh of a new star, aligning its best with our creative memoir. Thank you. Joella, thank you for your beautiful poem to bring us out um, tonight. Um, you know, I, I was saying earlier that um, this night has also just been an excuse to see people again. <laughs> I haven't seen Joella for many, many years, and um, some of you as well. Um, and um, yeah, just a few reminders that the, the to close the evening. Um, this night has just been another reminder that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander poets are the best. Um, yeah. Um, 
that you know Daniel Daniel's art has given us so much inspiration, um, and so you know each poet's process has been quite fascinating to see what they've gravitated towards. You know whether it's a particular artwork or the, you know the exhibition as a whole. Um, so that's been really great. And then the third reminder was that um, Queenslanders rock. <laughs> um, and so I just wanted to say thank you so much to Aurora, Darby, Yasmin, Cheryl, and Joella. If we can all give them another round of applause. to thank, say thank you to this beautiful audience. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you to Daniel Boyd and curator Liz Novell. Thank you to the IMA and particular thanks to Mysteria Tower. Can we all give Mysteria a big round of applause? Um, thank you so much for organising this and I wish everyone a wonderful rest of the evening. This exhibition is still on for another week so please you know, tell your friends about it and, and you know, spend some time, spend a little bit of time if you want to um, in this space. And, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.